Okay, welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is May 15th. Um, I'm your host today, Truman Karcheski. Uh, Travis is on vacation or doing some shit, but I'm the captain now, so today will be a better show than usual. Um, I will say, though, it's going to be a shorter show than usual. There's not much going on. Um, I couldn't, We couldn't really come up with much, but obviously with the NBA playoffs, we're going to go in depth about that, um, and we're going to continue our 32 teams and 32 episodes um, today with the Baltimore Ravens. I am joined today in studio with reoccurring guest Brett High. Glad to be here once again, you know, always keeping the best around, third time. Yep, we, we, I needed him um, to kind of guide me along my first show being, you know, kind of the host. Um, but the first thing we're going to do today is go into hockey. Um, you know, we don't know much, like we said before, uh, but, you know, it's starting to heat up. It's starting to get to the point where you follow along a little bit with everything. Uh, in the West, you have the uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights and the Winnipeg Jets. That series is tied 1-1 going back to Vegas. Um, if, any, if I know anything about sports, I'd say for if Vegas split um, in Winnipeg, that's going to be huge going back into Vegas. Um, I think in the East, it's uh, 2-0 Capitals. And they're going to Washington. And they're going into yeah, Washington. Interesting. Can Ovechkin finally get a Stanley Cup? It's looking like he's on his way to definitely get to I a Stanley Cup. I hope he does. I'm, I'm a big Ovechkin fan. I'm really a Detroit Red Wings fan, but I hate the Penguins, and I'm so happy to see uh, Ovechkin finally make it past. He deserves one. He's one of the best goal scorers of all time in hockey. So Yeah, it just uh, it, this is the point where you kind of, for like, you, you know, you're, you're a decent hockey fan, but I, I'm kind of just on the, on the fringe. Um, so this is the point where I kind of want to tune in. Um, Vegas and Washington, those are the two teams I'm really rooting for. Um, I just, the, the, the Las Vegas, you, you gotta yeah, love that story. Uh, Golden Knights, Capitals, Stanley Cup is the, I think what most people want. And besides like, I mean, I haven't been watching much hockey recently since it's, you know, it's exam season. Oh but, yeah. But I'm really looking forward to watching the rest of the, these series. I hope, I hope, hope, hope the Capitals do not choke, uh, since they're so notorious for it in the playoffs typically, but honestly, if it's the Capitals or uh, Golden Knights win, I'll be happy. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But, like, this year, I don't think there's a team that I hate, at least. It seems like every year there's a team I don't like, like the Penguins, because um, they're always in it. Yeah. But, like, I, I could deal with Winnipeg. Um, That's oh, a cool I, story. I'm a fan of Winnipeg, too. Yeah, this these players have a pretty cool story overall. The only team that really has Stanley Cup experience is the Lightning. The Winnipeg Jets didn't even have a playoff win until this year I'm yeah pretty sure but so. I, i'm just looking at the knights i think that's the coolest mm-hmm. story in sports right now um expansion team like we say all the time um i would love to see them win but if it became if it came down to the uh, golden knights and the capitals i really don't know who i'd root for uh but one of those teams um i'd be fine with either one of those teams winning at all um so that's it for hockey. Uh, like we said, the Knights are tied with the Jets 1-1. Um, we believe that game is tonight, but we're not 100% sure. Um, and then the Capitals are 2-0 heading back to Washington. Um, they kind of got the uh, their foot down on the uh, lightning throat right now. Uh, so we're going to move on to basketball. That's kind of the talk of the sports world right now. Uh, because, you know, you got the Celtics and the Cavs in the East. Uh, the Celtics, in very handily fashion, took the yep. Cavs down in Game 1. Um, and then last night, uh, the series that everyone's been waiting for, the Rockets and the Warriors. The Warriors won. It, it was a close game throughout, but the Warriors... Disappointing end. Yeah, but the Warriors pulled away at the end. You're right. Um, I'll let you start on the Cavs and Celtics. Uh, to kind of go in-depth, uh, pu- pulling away some team statistics, obviously the biggest like problem for the Cavs was their shooting. In Game 1, they shot 36% from the field, while the Celtics shot 51%. And even worse, they shot uh, the three-pointers, obviously, a major part of their game because Kyle Korver, J.R. Smith, and uh, George Hill, all of them. Honestly, the Cavs' offense runs around the three-point line, and then LeBron going in the post, dishing it out to one of them. Happens all the time. All of them are—the Cavs are stacked with some decent three-point shooters, but when they're not hitting their shots, Cavs look really, really ugly. And— uh, rebounding wasn't much of an issue for either team. They're pretty even. Cavs had 40 rebounds. Celtics with 48. Uh, assists was a big difference. The Celtics' ball movement and Brad Stevens' system and stuff 
They really kept it going. Honestly, the Cavs couldn't keep up in transition because the Cavs have terrible transition defense. They, they've struggled with that all season. And just the youth, too, with the Celtics team, they're so fast and so athletic with wings like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and uh, Terry Rozier, even though he's a guard. Um, they just, they can't, they'd struggle, they struggle with keeping up with them. And then another key stat from this game was that the Cavs only had 38 points in the paint compared that's to the Celtics 60. That's not, that's the difference. That is a huge difference. That's mainly from Al Horford and, uh, Marcus Morris had a great game, probably one of the best games of his playoff career. Defended LeBron well. LeBron got held to 15 points and seven. He had seven of the Cavs' mm-hmm. ten turnovers. You're starting to feel how annoying Marcus Morris is. I, I, I was talking about him when he was playing the Bucks. I hated him. He wasn't much of an issue in when he played for the Pistons against the Cavs, but... Now that he's on a contender and... I think Brad Stevens has definitely boosted him a lot. Just It's it's an issue, but I, I'm, I mean, when, I don't think... We're ever gonna see LeBron get outplayed by Marcus Morris again in his career. So uh, no, that's the thing you have to look at. Cause like you, I think it was you I was talking about at lunch. Um, you aren't the Cavs aren't gonna shoot that poorly again. Oh no way. And the Especially Celtics aren't three. gonna shoot that lights out again. Yeah, four made three pointers for the Cavs. That's, that's something not Corver can do in a game. But like, like I don't think the Cavs. You know they do have good shooters. They have decent shooters all over. They're not that. You know they're not that great. Of a shooting team, but like they're not going to shoot that poorly again. Yeah, and role players need it's once again it's what we saw in the Pacers series. It's just like game one of that series. Role players were abysmal in that game. They Rodney Hood, his bitch ass is whining about not getting minutes. Yeah, and then he goes in and shits the bed again, taking all these awkward ass shots. And I, I think he shot like five for twelve. Tried to prove that he could actually have a role in there. He he had he had a few decent jump shots, but. Honestly, there was nothing that was super impressive to give him more minutes following the series. But one player who did, one role player did have a good game. It shocks a lot. Not really that shocking, but recently, Tristan Thompson in the playoffs has been pretty great for the Cavs. Uh, pretty sure he had eight points and 12 rebounds against the Celtics. He's a, he's had a history of being a great matchup against the Celtics. Like, he's always rebounded very well against them because Al Horford is not a rebounder at all. He only had four in that game. Uh, and he always flinches at him. That's, like, a whole little joke, yeah. too. But, uh, yeah, I think just keys for the Cavs, honestly, is just the role players need to step up. They need to hit their open shots because there's so many. Everyone always talks about the Celtics' defense, which was there. But, oh, my God, the Cavs are missing so many open shots it was hard for me to watch and I mean Van Gundy and Mark Jackson were talking about that too in the thing in the during the game but they just the Cavs lazy defense when they're down and like by a big deficit and the Celtics are fast running in transition uh Ty Lue needs to make some decent adjustments and there's the potential I saw some reports saying Tristan Thompson could be inserted in the starting lineup tonight uh but speaking of Ty Lue I don't know why Van Gundy and Mark Jackson are talking him up like he's some amazing coach. Yeah, I saw that. They said, you know, they go into Brad Stevens. It happens all the time because Brad Stevens is the best coach in the league. And they were talking him up and tell him how great of a story this is that he's taking this young roster to possibly three wins away from the NBA Finals. And then they move to Ty Lue, who we all know is one of the worst coaches in the NBA. I wouldn't say one of the worst coaches, but I would say he's overrated by commentators and stuff like that because... I like Ty Lue in the sense he's good, great at drawing plays out of timeouts. He's terrible at making adjustments mid-game, usually. He isn't the same as what he was back when we won the finals against the Warriors in seven games. But, oh, God, he, just, he looks clueless all the time, and he's basically a joke. Like, everyone's on Twitter, you see, like, the yeah, fish faces yeah. and stuff. And well, I mean, he's, he's fat. Ugly, he is an ugly man. Yeah. But, I mean, I think it's one of those things, a commentator thing, because when you're a commentator, you can't really talk bad about someone – um, when you're dur- during the game, cause you want to keep it, you know, very fairly even, mm-hmm. but like, that's such a mismatch, the coaching between Brad Stevens and Ty Lue, that it's almost like a joke that, I mean, uh, you want to give Ty Lue his credit. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, I obviously they have LeBron, but you know, they're in the Eastern conference finals with outside of LeBron, not that great of a roster. Um, so there, there is some credit to be given yeah. to Ty Lue. 
But, you know, it's just so... You can't compare him to Brad oh, yeah. Stevens. In this series, there's one thing the Cavs did do actually pretty well, though, even though the game was obviously awful, one of their worst playoff games. They did a great job defending Rozier and Marcus Smart. Who Rozier lit up the Bucks in round one. Mm-hmm. And then uh, round two had great games against the 76ers still. But he, him and Marcus Smart only combined for 17 points which isn't that much because Rozier's been like a 20-point score in the playoffs pretty often. But I, I'd say this is what I would watch out for, kind of uh, to wa- watch out for tonight in the game. Cavs always plan on getting Kevin Love and Balder early. That's always part of their game plan. You're going to see a lot of pick and rolls probably, maybe a, a pick and pop out onto the perimeter, try and get some threes going because the Cavs need their three ball to be like there tonight. And then uh, Tristan Thompson might be in the starting lineup tonight. Uh, he'll definitely get a minutes increase. Um, other than that, you'll I think you'll see LeBron be much more aggressive too. That's where those turnovers, passive LeBron against a coach like Brad Stevens and a team that's feisty and like young and athletic, passive LeBron does not do well against that. And I think Le, LeBron's angry, and he's gonna. I think he's gonna have a great game tonight. He's gonna go off, have that those games he had in Toronto because he had more turnovers. In game one, then he did, or no, not more, but he had seven turnovers in game one, and the whole Toronto series, he only had eight. Yeah, we'll move on from this series, um, but one thing I do want to say on that is LeBron was in the gym today at 11 o'clock. Yep. Um, he was oh, at Madison Square Garden. It's his playhouse normally. Like, uh, he, he loves playing Madison Square Garden. So for game two, he's there at 11. Game starts, I think, at 7.30, so he's, he's ready to go, uh, as you can see. Um, we're gonna move on to that Rockets Warriors series. Uh, the game, the game one was last night. Um, it was very much anticipated. I couldn't wait all day to watch that game. Um, the Warriors took it. Um, it was a good game throughout. It, it was tied at halftime. Uh, at the end, the Warriors pulled away. Um, you know the big, the big player last night was Kevin Durant. Oh yeah. Uh, he had 37 points. Um, I think he looked he, unguardable. In he he did. Way. That mid range shot is nearly unstoppable. Uh, he just. I think he's the difference in the series. And why I picked the Warriors was Kevin Durant. Because uh, there's star power all over the court um, for the Rockets and the Warriors. And it just seems like the one player they can't defend that like they can't match up with is Kevin Durant. Yeah. Um, and I think the Rockets, you know, James Harden. Uh, one thing I heard, you know, I saw online and stuff, is he's never gone, you know, this like, – he's gone this late in the season. Um, but playing as good as he's played – um, you know, he's not the most in shape player. I don't know if you noticed that, like he's not the most in shape player. He's a fast, he's good, mm-hmm. good. Obviously he's an NBA player, so we can't really talk, yeah. but, um, is he going to be able to be as consistent as mm-hmm. he's been? Um, you know, he's not that consistent of a player overall, but I think especially now you have to look at this series and it possibly everyone thinks it could go seven games. Can James, James Harden James stay? Harden, I don't think so because... James Harden typically, we've seen in the past series, will have one or two really bad games. Mm-hmm. And they can't afford that. Uh, yep, and especially in a series like this. And I'll go, just like I did with the Cavs Celtics, I'll go into team statistics, mm-hmm. uh, comparing with the Rockets and Warriors. They're pretty identical, actually, in the most part. Uh, the Warriors shot 53% from the field, which was is ridiculous. That's more than what the Celtics shot against the Cavaliers. Uh, Rockets shot 46%, which is still great. Uh, still a great shooting percentage, so that that wasn't much of a problem. They both made uh, 13 three-pointers. The three-pointers obviously a huge part of both teams' games. They're uh, fast-paced and f- stacked with shooters. Free throws, Rockets were 15-21. to 21. Golden State was 22-25, so there's a decent advantage in the Warriors' side there. And then the Rockets actually heavily, pretty heavily out-rebounded the Warriors, which is kind of surprising for how the game ended because... They lost by 13, I believe, and rebounding is usually... When you out-rebound the other team, that's typically a stat that goes for the winning team. But uh, it's just weird to see that Chris Paul was the leading rebounder for the Rockets. 11 rebounds. That's crazy. But Chris Paul, he's like one of the... I mean, it's just weird because he... I mean, he does it all, Mm -hmm. but he can't be your leading rebounder. Yeah, that's that's an issue. But Clint Capella is still a great player. It's just... I don't know. I didn't catch much of the game because... Exam season, but uh, Chris Paul as a leading rebounder is pretty interesting. Yeah, I think that's something to look at. But one thing I saw last night while I was watching the game is 
in the uh, late third quarter, the game was somewhat close. I think it was a four or six point Warriors lead. Maybe I'm way off on that, but it was a decent lead to the Warriors, but nothing that the Rockets couldn't overcome. Nene went in for the Rockets. Yep. And he went in on, and he defended Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant owned him. He went on an 8-0 run, just Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. And that's what turned the game and made it the fourth quarter. I, I went to bed after that because it was because I was it's late exam season. Um, but Kevin Durant, and then Steve Kerr checks Kevin Durant out because at that point yeah. it's a it's a 12-14 point Warrior lead and. Kevin Durant was kind of mad. He's like, he's like, keep me in, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I can, I can. But Nene, if that, that's just saying the Rockets are gonna try everything to guard Kevin Durant, and they're mm-hmm. not gonna be able to do it. And then, uh, just another thing to go off that I think, really, this, these two stats kind of solidified a major reason why the Warriors won. The Warriors had 24 assists and nine turnovers. The Rockets had 18 assists and 16 turnovers. So they almost had as many turnovers as they did assists in the game. But the thing is, though, Harden and Paul did not turn over the ball that much, and that's usually an issue for them. Mm-hmm. It was the role players who had a very weak game for the Rockets. Uh, Ariza, Tucker, Mute, and Gerald Green, all of them had a pretty weak game. and I mean, they don't usually even touch the ball that much because the Rockets' offense relies so heavily on iso ball with Harden and uh, Chris Paul, which I think... That's what's going to break them in this series because when your iso ball is not working, which it started to not work late third quarter, fourth mm-hmm. Actually, I think it was mainly fourth quarter. Uh, like, and no one else is hitting their shots, the Warriors will destroy you. That's what we saw with the Cavs in last year's finals. Try and run iso ball with LeBron. Try and run iso ball with Kyrie. Fails. Warriors go in transition really fast and score on you with amazing ball movement and Kevin Durant, unguardable. Draymond Green was great in that game. Mm-hmm. Even though he only had... this is, It's a typical Draymond Green game to see him only have two or four points, but then he'll have nine assists, nine <coughs> rebounds, like two, three steals, two blocks. He literally does everything. He's always like one of the mm-hmm. best defensive players in the NBA, and he fits everywhere, and he has a three-point shot, which is still like scary for someone who has that kind of... Yeah, I I, th- I thought uh, another big difference for the Rockets, uh, Trevor Ariza, um, I believe he's got to be kind of that, he's got to be huge this series for the Rockets. And Same he, with Eric Gordon. Yeah, Eric Gordon as well. But Trevor Ariza, not usually someone who gets into foul trouble. He had five fouls, I think, in the third yep. quarter last night. Yep. That's why he had a pretty weak game. He had a weak game because, I mean, he had to sit most of the game. Um, that's not that's not gonna work. Um, if they want to win this this series, uh, it's gonna be the, game one. I believe was huge for the Rockets. I think they had to win that. Um, but now, uh, at worst, the Warriors are gonna go back to the Oracle with the split series. Um, I think if the Rockets could win, uh, or the, if the Warriors win game two, I think there's just there's just no way. Um, and I think the foot will be on the throats of the Rockets. Uh, but right now, I think there's a lot of pressure on um, the Houston Rockets right now because they have to split and they have to go back to the Oracle um, 1-1. And what I'd watch for tonight, uh, kind of like similar outlook like I gave for the Cavs, Celtics, and stuff, Clint Capella in the pick and roll is very deadly to that Warriors defense. They need to keep going to that. Uh, he's very consistent. Like he had, I think, almost all of his points came from lobs in some way or just under the basket dunks. He had 12 points, and I'm pretty sure basically all of them were in that situation. And all season, the Rockets were number one in like offensive efficiency this year, and a lot of that is responsible due to how effective they run the pick and roll with Chris Paul and Clint Capella and James Harden and Clint Capella because he can take advantage of that Warriors lineup when they put Draymond Green at center. Even though he's great defensively, he's still a lot smaller than Capella, and uh, they can use that pick and roll on him with the size advantage and easily score points that way and not having to rely as much on the iso ball which they they did a lot in game one which we'll still see in game two probably because harden had 41 points i don't expect 41 again through iso but i I think it's gonna happen he's gonna have another score and breakthrough just through iso ball also around the league um just outside those two huge series uh you got right now you got the the nba coaching search um i just want to touch on this because the bucks are involved in this um, and I want to make this as Wisconsin as possible as much as I can with Travis who, out of here. Who knows her and Casey. Casey to the Bucks is my prediction. Um, listen, I would love that. But uh, it looks like Toronto, it's been said since uh, yesterday, 
Toronto and Milwaukee, they're focusing in on Mike Budenholzer. Um, I don't, Mike Budenholzer, is that how you say his name? I'm pretty sure. Okay. He's a great coach. Yeah, I'm. This is my guy. I want him. Uh, if they can get, if they can pull him in, that would be, you know, their best. Their that'd be their best bet. Um, from the start, I wanted Fizdale, but he went to the Knicks pretty quick. Uh, so this is the guy I want. Um, you know, we set up. We came out with the show last week of the Raptors firing uh, Dwayne Casey. Kind of a surprise. Um, you know, he was the coach coach of the year um, for that one uh, vote. I I forget. Was it a magazine or something? I don't know. Or was he like uh, the coach of the year? I don't think they came out with official NBA awards yet, but I know he's been nominated as coach of the year. For yeah. A bunch of different so that games. was kind of weird. Um, if Dwayne Casey, um, I think Dwayne Casey will be a year off. Um, I think he's going to take a year off, but I think he's going to be a head coach somewhere uh, definitely down the line in the next couple of years. Uh, and then, you know, then the rest of the other teams that uh, haven't filled yet, they, they haven't filled their uh, voids yet. Uh, so we're going to move on from the NBA and we're going to go to football. But first, our show is still brought to you by D's Home Cuts uh, and A's Lawn Service. Travis, unfortunately... Uh, his dumbass didn't leave me the uh, the ad reads, so I can't give you the whole spiel. Uh, but first, I'll go into these home cuts. Uh, me, Travis, and Brett have been oh, getting yeah. have been getting our haircuts uh, from Dom and his uh, barbershop for a few months now, um, and we've never looked or felt better. Uh, D's is a great place. Uh, you go in there. Unless um, you're on solos on Fortnite while you're getting a haircut. Yep, that's, you can go play Fortnite. About. Um, while you're getting a haircut, uh, you just go to his Instagram at D's Home Cuts um, and go schedule an appointment. Um, you can look. He has all his haircuts, you know, pictures and all natural D's wax. All natural D's wax. Uh, you can get some of that. Uh, he has pictures of people haircuts and everyone looking fresh after they get out of the shop. So you can go see what you want. Uh, D's can do everything at a cheap, low price. Uh, I think it's seven dollars. He's got it now. Um, Definitely, my suggestion, go to D's. Uh, it's great. I've never, like I said, I've never looked or felt better um, after I let my friend Dom uh, cut my hair. Um, he's just, he's a great, he's a great barber, um, great person. He doesn't, he's not one of those people who, you know, you go to the barber shop and feel awkward talking to the person. Yep. D's will make you feel right at home. You can talk sports with him and do whatever. Uh, D's Home Cuts, um, <laughs> great haircuts at a low price. That's what mm-hmm. Travis always says. Uh uh, I'll get into A's after football, um, but we're going to go into, uh, you know, kind of the free agents still left. Um, you know, there's still some good names out there, uh, you know, that I wanted to kind of touch in. We always touch in on the um, different free agents that are out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, Des Bryant, um, the big name. He's the big name oh, out yeah. there. Uh, everyone wants to know where Des Bryant's going. Um it's kind of weird he hasn't signed yet. Um, I thought it was going to be right after the draft. Uh, a I team... figured it was going to be as soon as he was cut, basically. Yeah, I, I did too. Um, you know, But then once that happened, I thought you know after the draft, the wide receiver needy team is going to go ahead and pick him up. But then it's a, a rumor came out where he denied a contract from the Ravens um, because it wasn't uh, you know probably as much money as he wanted. Um, but I don't think, I think he needs to shut up right now. Oh yeah. And he's been talking about, I think it, it actually came directly from him that he's interested in teams in the same division as yeah. uh, the Cowboys. But it just doesn't, I don't think he's going to get that. Um, I don't think he's going to get, you know, the Giants, Giants possibly, that would be exciting. Yeah. Um, I know they cut Brandon Marshall, but I think it would have happened by now, uh, if the Giants were going to pick him up and pair him with Odell. Uh, the Redskins. They're wide receiver needy. That's the only one that really fits. They, they, that fits. Um, they're wide receiver needy, like I said. Uh, you know, Alex Smith's coming in. He's going to need some more help around there. Uh, but I don't think they have the greatest cap situation. I'm not positive. Um, and I just feel like if you would have said that, I think it would have already come out by now. Um, and then the Eagles, that's not going to happen because they, they don't need Dez. Uh, but that would be a classic Eagles move to screw, the, uh, screw yeah. them over. But I don't know. And then Jason Witten comes out. Uh, I got the. I got. I don't know why the hell I got the notification at one in the morning. Um, but it came out that he thinks he's gonna play for the Green Bay Packers next year. Uh, that's. I want to. I feel like I, that'd be a bad signing. I I feel like it'd be a good signing, but it's not gonna happen. No, I don't like it. I don't like that idea at all because you guys have signed Jimmy Graham to a big contract. You still need defense. Like I know you got your corners in the draft, mm. but you never know how that's gonna pan out yet. Yeah, I mean if. Listen, don't waste contract money when you still have to pay Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, oh, I agree. And Aaron Rodgers, that'll come out here soon too. Um, but 
if if Des Bryant shut his mouth and took a cheaper deal like everyone thinks he should and play for one year and then see if he's still worth top receiver money, um, then I'm all in for it. But I don't think he's going to do that because he's Des Bryant. Um, we drafted three guys um, that I all love, and they're all Des Bryant types. They got that bigger um, build to them. I just don't feel like this is a fit. But like I said, you know, Des Bryant, if he takes the right contract for very cheap, um, I'm kind of all in because the, the upside to having him is, you know, it's there still, uh, especially with Aaron Rodgers. But I don't know where he's going to play. Um, I still think I think it's going to be Houston. Um, I think he's going to stay in Texas. Uh, I haven't heard any rumors on it. Uh, they need a guy to pair with De- or DeAndre Hopkins. Well, I mean, I think they're pretty – they're okay in my sure because they have Will Fuller. Yeah, he, um, but that's just that's just one I've heard. Uh, and there's that's just me guessing because there is no rumor really. Except, Maybe uh, possibly Chargers. I don't know. That could that's be Yeah, we're all guessing because there hasn't yeah. really been like any rumors except Jason Witten coming out and saying that, which who knows. Um Brandon Marshall, um, he was cut by the New York Giants, like I mentioned earlier. Um, I see him um, going to maybe Seattle. Uh, he recently visited with the Seahawks. Seattle's kind of, they, they're, they're wide receiver needy. I see him retiring soon, honestly. Yeah, I think, I still think he wants to go to the playoffs once. Um, but Seattle, they're wide receiver needy. They need help for Russell Wilson. They As much help as possible they can get. Uh, I think I still think there's uh he's a good receiver. You know he was injury plagued last season. Um, he's still big talent. I think he's you know, you know he's not gonna be what he used to be. Um, but I think he can give a young receiving core you know some veteran leadership and he can be a decent receiver for someone. Um, and then Brian, you know Brian Cushing's still out there. Oh, <sighs> Brian Cushing. Demarco Murray's still oh, out there. That's an interesting that's one. That's interesting. Brian Cushing, that man. Jesus Christ, if he goes to a team, I'll be shocked. He's, what, gotten caught with roids like two years in a row or something? Yeah, some, some team will take He's a shitty linebacker now, too. He was good yeah. younger, but that's when he was popping pills and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I don't expect anything of Brian Cushing. He should just retire, honestly, because <laughs> his, he wasted his career getting suspended for popping steroids. So Yeah, and then DeMarco Murray, uh, like I said... Uh, I forget who I was talking to with this, uh, but someone said the Saints, um, now that Mark Ingram is suspended for mm-hmm. four games, that'd be interesting, but what are you going to do when Mark Ingram comes back? Uh, you're going to have quite the crowded backfield. Um, I think it, I don't know, I think they should just let Alvin Kamara take the lead yeah. back role, see what he can do as your number one guy, um, mm-hmm. I don't like, think you need to shell out some money for someone like DeMarco Murray. DeMarco, I don't think you'd have to shell out too much money because he's, no really reports on him yet. He's 30 years old. But I think a team like the uh, Redskins, Seahawks, or um, possibly... Uh, Dolphins, maybe? Maybe a Dolphins. You know, they, they could even throw out some money there for, for him because, I mean, they're pretty running back. I mean, he, two years ago, he was a running back that was... He ran for, like, 1,200 yards and, like, 11 touchdowns. And he was a receiving threat, too. With the Titans, like, two years ago, and then he just declined so heavily this year, struggled with injuries and stuff, wasn't as consistent of a run, runner. He had a hamstring injury all year, and he uh, hurt my fantasy team a lot. Second-round pick, never picking him in the top eight rounds again, probably. Uh, I guess depending on where he goes, but, yeah, DeMarco Murray, I feel like he's there's some juice left still in there, and I think you could get him for a pretty cheap price now. Yeah, and then you have players like uh, Julius Thomas, uh, you know, and Jeremy Macklin. Uh, you know, I think there's there's some good late signings still out there uh, that teams need to look at. Um, but obviously, all the big names are gone and done with. Uh, so next, we're gonna go into our 32 teams and 32 episodes. Um, we've done the Browns and Bengals, and now we're on to the Ravens, staying in that division. Uh, the Ravens went nine and seven last year. Um, they were kind of eliminated at the last second. Um, you know, they were the team that got the shit end of the deal with the Bills getting into the playoffs. Um, you know, they lost in that kind of big play that the Bengals had. Yep. Uh, so they were they were right there until um, the end. But this is another team. Um, I think you have the additions. Oh, yeah. Um, some of their, like, key additions to the draft and free agency obviously went wide receiver heavy because that's a huge need. Uh, Michael Crabtree, John Brown, and Willie Sneed. And then uh, they picked up through the draft the, uh, Hayden Hurst, tight end, and also Mark Andrews, another tight end. 
And uh, they got probably one of the most interesting picks of the night in the first round was Lamar Jackson. And uh, they also signed RG3. So Yeah, so those are some interesting things. Um, their weakness, like you kind of went into, is wide receiver. Uh, right now, I believe Michael Crabtree is the number one wide receiver there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a, Listen, I like Michael Crabtree. He's a good receiver, but he's not a number one target. Running um, back's an issue there, too. And probably corner, too, even though yeah, and, they and, have Jimmy Carr. It's he's injured all the time. It's yeah, it's a big problem. For um, him. but yeah, you mentioned running back, but you know, wide receiver is kind of the one everyone talks about because it just seems like they're just putting money out at the decent wide receivers on the market. Uh, you know, Crabtree, like I said, he's a good receiver. I think he's a good um, number two receiver, possibly even a number three receiver at this point in his career. Uh, I don't think he's a number one wide receiver. Um, you know, he was good with uh, Oakland that one year when they had he was, that. He was good last year. They had too. they had that big year, and then he he took a step back, but he was still. Yeah. You're right. He still was good. Uh, last year, but he's not a number one target. Uh, I'd say he's a solid wide receiver two still. Like, yeah, actually above average wide receiver two. I'd opinion. say solid uh, wide receiver two, but he's gonna be commanding number one corners right now. Um, if this stays as is, and that's not where he needs to be at, the, at this point in his career. Um, you know, you mentioned Willie Sneed and uh, John Brown, uh, some speedsters. But they th- that's a position that they still need to get better at. Like we said, that's that's a possibility for Des Bryant um, too if they if they wanted to shell out a little bit more money. Um, and then the big one that everyone kind of talks about is Joe Flacco. Is he going to be healthy? Is he going to be back to Joe Flacco form when he was at the top of his career? Um, I think that's going to be hard getting back to there. I don't think he ever will be. I, I don't think he will be either. When they went to the Super Bowl and he won that uh, won that game for them against the 49ers, he was at the, t- he was at the top of his career. Elite quarterback. Facts. Joe Flacco was an elite quarterback <laughs> when he won the Super Bowl. Uh, but I just don't think he's ever going to get back there. Um, I think the Ravens showed everyone uh, day one of the draft that they're looking um, into the future after Joe Flacco with uh, adding Lamar Jackson. I don't think Lamar Jackson's going to play this year. I think you're with me on that. Yeah. Um, I could see him in like maybe some wildcat formations and stuff like that. Um, bring him in there. I'm just... excited to watch him in preseason, though. Yeah, That'll same with fun. me. Uh, see if he can actually, you know. Because the Ravens were a team last year. I'm think I'm pretty sure they're 29th in yardage, and that's something Lamar Jackson, if he turns out to like what he was in college, could flip around instantly with his running ability. Yeah, and um, like I could see him come in in packages here and there just mm-hmm. to sprinkle him in. Um, but I am interested to see him. Um, you know, because it's gonna be interesting to see if he can, you know. Live up to people, what they say. You know, he's not an NFL quarterback and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, the big one was kind of RG3. That's not a big signing. Yeah, um, just, it's just it's just RG3's depth. name. Um, that's what made it big. Uh, Might I think be a he's, good locker room presence. I don't know. Yeah, he is. Like he's that. a good guy. Uh, you know, but he's. I think he'll be the backup quarterback this year. Um, I think Lamar Jackson's going to sit at three because I don't think they want him to see the field. Oh, yeah. uh, so RG3 will be your backup quarterback. But that is something to watch, though, because Joe Flacco has held health injuries. Yeah, yeah. And um, I would watch, though, besides quarterback, running back for the Ravens, there could be an interesting competition, even though it's obviously not that high level of talent. They have Alex Collins, Javorius, Javor- I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Javorius Allen, and Kenneth Dixon, who Kenneth Dixon was someone they took in the draft, I think, a couple of years ago. I'm yeah. pretty sure, and he struck. He was showing some promise, but then was injured. I think basically the whole year last season, and uh, a lot of people are kind of predicting that Kenneth Dixon, even though a lot of people don't know him, he might come up and win a running back competition with Alex Collins and Javori Sounds because their leading rusher was Alex Collins last season, but he only had 900 yards. Yeah, that's an issue. I feel like you know this is from my fantasy standpoint. I feel like. Every year the Ravens kind of have like that one random running back that will suddenly performs really really was, well. I think that was Javorius Allen yeah. for a short Yeah, and then you time. go and then you're like and then he's the hot commodity on the free agent market that yep. next week and the waiver wire and you're just you need to go get him that type of thing and then he comes back maybe he'll have another big performance and then he'll kind of just falter off. Uh, that's where the Ravens are kind of at. That's a that's a position of need. Um, so is wide receiver. I feel like the Ravens have always had kind of a decent defense, um, and I think they'll stay that way. I like C.J. Mosley in the middle of that defense. Um, my record prediction, though, this year, I think the Ravens do finally take a step back. I think they'll fall at 6-10. and 10. Um, I think this is the year that they kind of need to see where everything, if if this team can compete, and I, I think it, they're going to take another step back. It's always been kind of the 8-8, eight 9-7 eight, competing with the Steelers type thing. Um, and I think this year their division's better, the Browns are better. 
Um, the Bengals, you know, they'll, the Bengals are the Bengals. And then the Steelers, um, you know, they're they're Super Bowl contender. So I think the Ravens take a step back. I think they're going to fall to 6-10 and 10 this year. They could prove me wrong. I think their ceiling's about probably 9 wins, maybe 10 wins. Um, but I think 6-10 and 10 is right for the Ravens. Yeah, everyone always thinks the Steelers are a Super Bowl contender, but they can never make it past the divisional round, barely. All right, I mean, just, so. just, just yeah. saying, you know, you know, lost to Blake Bortles, but then people make fun of the Patriots for losing in the Super Bowl to Nick Foles. I think that's pretty interesting. But, uh... Just get, just get to your record prediction. <laughs> okay, so, uh, the Ravens, I, I, I think they're a team that's painfully mediocre almost every season. Uh, like, they've never had enough talent to put them above the edge for years. Uh, I would say that the typical record eight and eight is my prediction, but I would also say like I, w- I was gonna ask you, I was just thinking about this. We're talking about Ravens running backs. Who do you, who was the last elite running back for the Ravens? Was it Ray Rice? Ray Rice when he the, before the scandals went down. Yeah. Was was, was so, it? So, but then who, who was the running back that followed Ray Rice? I don't even remember. I can't. It was just these decent guys. Yeah, it's weird. That like just, that's been a, a lot of time. Well, that kind of killed them because like it, it was unexpected, obviously, because you don't yeah. expect that to happen to someone. Um, but they probably you know wanted him and Joe Flacco to be kind of the face of that offense. I remember one of them was Terrence West. Terrence West. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Loved on fantasy for a yeah, little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think people kind of pegged the the Ravens to make Joe Flacco and Ray Rice their face of the offense for years, and then. Ray Rice, all that shit went down with him, um, and then Joe Flacco's kind of faltered off. Uh, but yeah, so they're gonna have issues um, with wide receiver and uh, running back, but we'll see. So I say six and ten. Brett says eight and eight. Um, we'll look closely at the Ravens this season. Uh, but on Thursday, um, depending on our guests, I think we have one, but I'm not gonna say one to get Travis all mad, and it turns out it's not that. Uh, but we're gonna be doing the Steelers, um, kind of one that a lot of our listeners will like to hear. Oh boy. Yeah, we'll give our record prediction there. Um, next, Ben Zolan can't play <laughs> can't play anymore. He's not even top ten QB. Jeez, Brett's tearing the Steelers apart today. Uh, Should have <laughs> had him on Thursday. Uh, but next, um, I'm gonna we're gonna move on to baseball. Um, MLB. Uh, but first, uh, like I said, I don't have the ad reads. Uh, so sorry, Andrew. But the show is always brought to you by A's Lawn Service. Um, A's has been doing um, lawn, you know, lawn care around uh, our city in Northeast Ohio. Uh, for the last few summers, last few years, um, he's kind of started this business. Um, you know, it's awesome. Uh, Andrew's been one of my good friends for a while, and he's kind of built this from the ground up. He's, you know, hired a lot of hardworking kids that I all know. Um, and just seeing some of the pictures and some of the lawn care that he has, uh, it's just, it's it's fantastic to see. Um, you know, some of the bigger lawn care companies that you might get dragged around with prices, Andrew won't do that to you. He'll give you a better job. He'll do a better job in your lawn for much cheaper rates. Um, and he's an awesome kid. Uh, I don't have the phone number um, and all that, but y- you can hear it on any other episode. Uh, but the show, as as always, brought to you by A's Lawn Service. Um, you grow it, we cut it. Uh, but like I said, next we move on to baseball. Um, I'm going to kind of go off here because the Brewers, they're on fire right now. Um, they're 25 and 17, first in the NL Central. Uh, but the story that I want to talk to so I don't get uh, yelled at by everyone saying I'm just talking about the Brewers, is uh, Freddie Peralta. Um, he was the pitcher. Uh, he's a minor leaguer. Uh, came up, I think he started, I think his start was Sunday. Um, he performed very well. Um, I think he's he's very young. Uh, he's 21 years old. Uh, he's He came into the Brewers system after we traded the Mariners. Uh, we gave him Adam Lind. Uh, and this was his first start. Like I said, he went 5.2 innings. Um you know, I think he only he had a he only gave up one hit for a while. Uh, you know, it's just, but the story was he's from the Dominican Republic. His parents and uh, a lot of his family came up for the game, and a lot of the Brewers teammates, you know, Jesus Aguilar and everyone said that it made them cry. Uh, seeing him go out there and perform so well, uh, and his parents in the stand, Dominican Republic, you know. They came up and watched him, and he was crying. His parents were crying. It was just a heartfelt moment all There's around. There's no crying in baseball. You know, when it's that cool of a story, you can cry. And, you know, when you're the Brewers and you're the best team in baseball, you can cry. Um, oh, that's funny. So, I don't know. I just wanted to touch on it. I think it's a really cool story. He's going to get another start, obviously, after that great performance. Um, but, you know... I'll step back and uh, won't talk about it as much, uh, but just watch him in the future because it's a really awesome story. Um, and 
really it really makes you think. Uh, but like I said, Brewers twenty five and seventeen. Keep that under your chin and uh, we'll keep watching the Brewers. Uh, but this series, uh, you know, the biggest series we'll talk about right now um, is the Yankees and Nationals. They're the two hottest teams in baseball, I believe, right now, uh, next to the Brewers. Uh, they're this what people believe could be a uh, World Series preview. That you know they usually don't play in a lot in the regular season, NLAL. But this is going to be awesome to see. It's a two-game series, Tuesday and Wednesday this week. The Nationals had their aces going. They have Scherzer and Gio Gonzalez. Gio Gonzalez is 4-2 and two with 2.22 ERA. And then Max Scherzer, one of the best pitchers in the game, if not the best pitcher in the game. He's 7-1 and one with a 1.69 ERA. This is huge for the Nationals that somehow they have these two guys. Uh, they have a great rotation overall, but these two guys are going um, against this the Yankees and in this series that people believe is going to be, you know, huge coming up. And then the Yankees have Tanaka. He's 4-2 and two with a 4-6-6 ERA. He's been kind of shaky up and down all season, uh, but he's a good pitcher. He has the he has the tools. And then CeCe Sabathia is going Wednesday. Uh, he's 2-0 and with 2.23 ERA, one of my favorite pitchers in the game. But these this is this is going to be an interesting series to watch. It's going to be all over. I, I believe right now it could be a World Series preview. I know I had the Red Sox in there. Um, I don't know about the Nationals, uh, but just the talent all around. It's a series to watch, and I just want to throw it out there, especially with the pitchers going in there. They, they're all big names. Um, I'm, oh, I had a big story. I don't know if you saw this say that. It might be old. I'm not sure, but uh, Robinson Yeah, I was Cano, just about to say that. 80-game suspension. Yeah, Robinson Cano, uh, the second baseman for the Seattle Mariners. Um, he's batting 287 this year. He's having a pretty good year. Um, he's kind of the face of the Mariners, honestly. One of their best players. Uh, you know, this is this is a team that they have, I think, the longest playoff drought in baseball. Um, and a lot of people believe that that was going to end this year. Um, I don't know how they're doing right now. I'm going to check their record. But that's kind of huge because that's their their best, their best player. Um, a few years ago, they shelled a lot of money out for him. Um, and that was kind of the, uh, the big signing. And they made their big splash. And now they kind of put the pieces around him. And this was the season that they were going to finally get over that drought. And with this, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, you know, you're going to have to replace. That's a huge bat in your lineup you're going to have to replace. Um, you know, they're third. I think right now it says they're third in the uh, AL West. I'm going to get their record right now. Um, but that's this this um, playoff uh, drought is going to continue with this dumb um, – this suspension of Robinson Cano making mm. dumb mistakes. Um, it said, as you said, 80 games. Um, you know, he was the AL Player of the Week here uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, but this is huge for the Mariners. Um, I don't know much else. You know, it just came out. Uh, but they're 23 and 17. Um, they're third in the AL West. But again, this is a huge bat they're going to need to replace in their lineup, and I don't think they're going to be able to do it that easily. So that's sad if you're a Mariners fan because this was supposed to be a good season for you guys. Uh, that's it for baseball, um, uh, right now. Um, we're going to go into kind of a question and answer. Uh, we're, we only have one question. Like I said, today's going to be a little bit shorter because, you know, me and Brett have exams this week and Travis isn't here to kind of talk your ear off about a bunch of annoying shit. Um, so our dumb takes, you know, like saying Malik Hooker could be the next Ed Reed. Yeah. And, uh, the Timberwolves are going to beat the Rockets. Oh, (laughs) but so and he also he also Thunder are the most overrated team in NBA basketball <laughs> he, of all time that whole season. I just I had to say that real quick because we're dissing on Travis, Thunder fan, unbelievable. Like everyone, I mean everyone overrated them. I knew they lose in the Jazz at least like six games. Pretty sure that was my prediction. Yeah, and he also has the Celtics winning this series. Uh, um, but who knows? Um, That's more reasonable yeah it's reasonable but i i just think that was kind of out there too uh next our question um we kind of got a question of who's your sleeper teams for the nfl playoffs this year um this is one that me and brett this is interesting to us uh every year you kind of want to look at the teams that could get into the playoffs that don't normally don't um we both have a couple that we're going to say and then we'll get this thing wrapped up for you brett i'll let you start all right so i talked about them earlier this year on another show but um the Houston Texans, that division's interesting now because it used to be the worst in football like two, three years ago. But now you have Andrew Luck coming back, likely, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson with Houston. The Jags are 
were in the AFC Championship. And then the Titans also look like a team that could eventually take... They just need, like, one... One more piece. One more piece, <clears throat> one more big piece to elevate them because Mariota still has a lot of potential. But the Houston Texans, with the Deshaun Watson healthy and at the helm at quarterback, looked extremely dangerous. It looked like no one could... That offense was destroying teams. Like, it went in, destroyed New England, went destroyed Seattle in, in Seattle, which is difficult. One, they had a healthy defense because it was, I think, it was pretty early into the season that that game happened where he had, like, 400 yards and, like, four touchdowns. Um, but, yeah, Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins look like a very deadly, dynamic duo at wide receiver. Uh, their defense is always a big question because if it can stay healthy, it's easily a top three defense in the NFL, if not the best, with J.J. Watt and Jadavion Clowney on the opposite ends. And then you have one of the best linebackers in the NFL as well, and Whitney Merciless. Uh, they also had to sign a Tyron Matthew. Um, they have a, they have young. The their cornerbacks are all right. Not nothing like too crazy. Um, I'm pretty sure. I think it's Kareem Jackson, uh, is their number one cornerback. They added uh, uh, what's his face too from the Colvin, I think. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. They uh, added. Uh, so they improved there. Yeah, they added some cornerback, uh, depth and stuff. And obviously, I mean, Colvin should probably be a starter, is my guess, but. That Houston team has all the pieces. They have a great offense, uh, great running back, great running game. Not, I mean, Lamar Miller, I wouldn't say is like. Would you put him top it. ten? I don't know. Would Can't you say, really think off the top of my head, but like, yeah, I would say he's that a, he's a good running back, above average running back. And so they have a decent running game, and then their passing game is obviously elite. Because, my opinion, DeAndre Hopkins. This is a little take I have. I think he's better than Julio Jones, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I don't think that's too crazy of an opinion, honestly, because usually people put A.B. and Julio in the one or two conversation, but I think DeAndre Hopkins deserves to be there. But, yeah, like, that defense, it just health, 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 health with the Texans, and I think they can be a playoff team easily because they were with Brock Osweiler. Which, I mean, the division was weaker at the time, but still, like, that shows how great their defense can carry. Yeah, um, I'm going to kind of stay in that division with one of my teams, um, and then we both agree on the Chargers, uh, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I'm going to stay in that division. I'm going to say the Colts. Um, listen. Oh, luck turns them into a playoff team every year. If luck comes back, uh, and, you know, that's a huge question mark. Um, if luck comes back, you know, the way luck played, they're, you know, that's a, that's a playoff team on paper. Um it- I just got to say, it drives me crazy how many people forget how good Andrew Luck is. Yeah, I mean, I he's a top-five quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's a big if right now with everything, you know, surrounding him. But, you know, when you put him back into that offense, you know, they took a year off. They obviously were bad last season. Um, but, you know, they still were in games. They still competed against decent teams. I think they went up to Seattle, who was a pretty good team last year, and they put up a fight um, with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. Um but, you know, they got that top 10 pick, and they got, you know, the best offensive lineman, all-around offensive lineman in the draft in Quentin Nelson, and what some people are saying, you know, the most surefire uh, talent in the draft. Um, you know, that's going to help their offensive line a lot. That's going to be much improved. That weakness that's always been there and kind of dragged on with the Colts is going to be gone now. I well, It'll still be there, but... Um, it's much improved, that offensive line. They just got to fix that defense. Major, major needs on that defense. Yeah, the defense got major needs. Um, I liked what they were doing this week. Uh, they brought in Kenny Vaccaro and Trey Boston for visits. I hope they end up signing one of those, and they could play pair him next to Malik Hooker, who Travis will talk up for days. Um, but, yes, they do need to get better at defense. Um, you know, we, we'll see if some of those later-round draft picks pan out, because I know they focused on that in the later rounds. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, I, I do like the Colts when Andrew Luck is there. They are a perennial playoff contender, like you said. Um, so that's a team to watch. Um, and then we talked about the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, we think this could finally be the year for them. Health, and another important thing for yeah, them, too. That's, just like that's, the Texans. That's, that, that's the key for the Chargers is health. Uh, Phillip Rivers, one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league. Um, he, can fi- he can get it done. Um, you know, he's Allen is... Easily a top, I'd say top eight wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, I, I love. I'm a big fan of Keenan Allen. Yeah. Um, and just <clears throat> obviously you're a big fan of Melvin Gordon. He's an elite running back. A yeah. Wisconsin Badger. You just yeah. I mean he, he, Wisconsin all over the place. You just look at their offense. Their offense has enough. 
They have good playmakers mm-hmm. on the outside. If Mike Williams come back, that's huge for them. I think hopefully, that could be one of the keys. Hopefully he can produce what he did at Clemson. Yeah. Um, and then Philip Rivers, obviously, like I said, a great quarterback. And then Melvin Gordon from running back university. Um, he's a great running back. And then you look on the defense. They have one of the best defenses in the league, my Oh, opinion. yeah. Secondary, easily. But, once again, it wasn't healthy last year. Pass rush, though. The, you know, Joey Bosa, um, Melvin Ingram. And what's crazy is safety was one of their biggest needs. And they go out and get Derwin James at pick 17. Yeah, which was the big, one of the biggest surprise drops in the draft. Uh, so... They improved um, all over the place. I think their defense is awesome. If they can just stay healthy, I think the Chargers can sneak into the playoffs. That division, you know, it's not that great uh, anymore. Uh, the Chiefs, you know, the Chiefs will always be there. And we'll see what they do this year with the young quarterback be, and the Mahomes. I wouldn't say it's not that great. It's it's going to be interesting because the Raiders were an elite team. Everyone was like, oh, Raiders yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah, there's Raiders, a bunch Super of Bowl. question marks and surrounding like, the division. We'll see how they come back. Because obviously Carr was playing injured. He came back early, and he played injured. And then uh, we'll see how, uh, you know... Mahomes can do in Kansas City. And not just that, but also... um, Keenum in Denver. And, you know, they have a great defense over there. And can Keenum... Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. Can Keenum come down there and play like he did in Minnesota? So the the division... I shouldn't have said, uh, you know, not... It's not as good as it's been in the past, but there's a bunch of question marks surrounding it. So we'll see. Uh, But I think the Chargers um, could definitely make their name known in that division. Uh, so that's where we're going to stop today. Um, you know, we thank you for tuning in. Um, you know, this will be on our Twitter. Um, please give it a listen. Um, you know, 12 ounce tomorrow, 12 to one, you know, you can see, hear us on the grueling truth. Um, just all over, just stay tuned on our social media and we'll let you know where you can listen to us. Um, just thank you, um, for listening to me and Brett kind of rant for the past hour. Uh, you know, uh, we'll see you back here on Thursday. We do have a guest, but I'm not going to say it because I don't want it to not be true and then Travis get mad at me. Um, so we'll be back here on Thursday. We're going to be going into the Steelers, and you know the NBA series will be more developed uh, when we get there. And me and Brett will be officially done with, almost officially done with high school on Thursday. <laughs> so that's just a little shout-out to us. Um, so that's it for today. I want to thank you, Brett, for coming in once again. Thank you for having me. And I just want to say uh, Cavs in five, Warriors in six. Okay, um, I'm gonna say Cavs and six, Warriors and five. That's gonna be my change right now. Um, so give us a listen, um, give us a thumbs up. You know, tell tell all your friends and family about it. Uh, just thank you guys. Have a great day. We'll see you here on Thursday. Uh, go Packers. Go Cavs.